Welcome to the Telford Minster podcast. Thank you for joining us and listening along. Our vision is to make Jesus known in Telford. And we hope that your attention is grabbed by Jesus today and what he is doing in your life. This autumn, we are looking at the series, Pray, Prayers of the People. Looking through the Bible at some of the most powerful prayers and scriptures, their lasting effects on God's people and how God is responding to and fulfilling those prayers and promises in our lives today. We hope that this series encourages you, your prayer life and your growing relationships with Jesus. Enjoy the podcast. aware where he was reading from it was Jonah chapter 2 and I would love to encourage you to open up um, a bible if you have a phone um, you probably have a bible available on it Um, so open it up have it open we're going to be referring to it and we love to read our bibles together this is what it's about Um, so yeah I'm Laura Um, I am curate here I have now been living in Telford for four whole weeks and um, well Newport so nearly Telford Um, and we're loving it here and really enjoying um, joining in with what God's doing and getting to know you all. So if I haven't said hello to you yet, hopefully I'll be able to say hello today. Um, and I, something I did this week for the first time was run using a new app. I don't know if any of you uh, like running. Who here likes running? Any runners? Yeah, quite a lot of nods. Cool. Okay, I've got the ultimate app to make you run faster. Um, Are you interested in an app that might make you run faster? Okay, this app is called the Zombie Running App. If you haven't heard of it, check it out. It is amazing. Um, So you get this app, you download it, and basically you go for a run and you have zombies chasing you. And uh, when you're out for your run, listening to your playlist, so you can put your worship music on. So I have my Great Are You Lord going in the background. And then suddenly you get a zombie alert zombie alert and uh, and then they're like zombies are 50 meters away zombies are 20 meters away and then it's suddenly like they've caught you quick run and bear in mind I was doing this at about half past six in the morning through empty fields of sweet corn on my own and um, yeah it did make me run a little bit faster now I like running but In today's story, we hear about a man who runs from God. And we're doing this new series where we're looking at prayers of the people. And today we're looking at Jonah's prayer. Um, So open Jonah 2 in your Bibles if you haven't got it open. So a quick recap of Jonah's story up to the prayer we're looking at today. If you're new to the Bible, Jonah can be found towards the end of the Old Testament. It's a story of a prophet. um, That's somebody who speaks the word of God to, to people. And often people think of it as a children's story. Um, You might have heard it in Sunday school growing up. Maybe you had a little children's picture book as a child of Jonah and the whale. Um, But actually, it's far from a children's story when we look at at the nitty-gritty of this story. Jonah was called to go and speak to Nineveh, a city that was actually a really, really dark place. Um, Not a nice city at all. There was lots of really evil things going on in the city. And um, it was well known, so uh, historians have dug up texts and found out, it was actually well known that Nineveh was a place where as soon as enemies came along, they were really horrible to their enemies. They decapitated them a lot. 
So that means they basically cut their heads off uh, and made pyramids of human heads um, in the city. And if you were lucky enough to survive going there as an enemy, um, reports have been found of them gouging out people's eyes or cutting off their limbs and then living th leaving them um, on the side of the road. So it really wasn't a pleasant place. But God told Jonah to go there and preach against this city and all of its wickedness. Now, just imagine being in Jonah's situation. He heard God say this, and he was like, you know what, God? No. And he literally ran in the opposite direction. He ran away from where God called him to. And he approaches some sailors who basically were some innocent bystanders in the story um, and who get caught up right in the middle of a storm with him. He goes on their boat. They agree to let him go on. And then there's this huge, huge storm. You've probably heard this story before. And after deliberation and discussion, Jonah tells the sailors they need to push him overboard into the sea. He kind of thinks, well, you know, I'd rather die than go to Nineveh. So push me overboard. And, um, and here we find God sends a huge fish, or as many suggest, a whale, um, to swallow him up. And it's here in the story we have the prayer today of Jonah 2. So I was just thinking about this. What would it actually be like to be swallowed by a huge fish? And I'd really like a volunteer. I don't know if there is anyone who would like to volunteer, maybe a dad in the room or something. Any volunteers? You're not going to have to do anything that scary. I just want you to imagine what it's going to be like to be in a whale. Are you volunteering, Gareth? <laughs> come on up, come on up, come on up, Gareth. Um, so, I don't know if any of you have seen a whale up close. Um, it's quite hard to comprehend kind of how huge they are. Uh, when I was... Um, a few weeks ago when I was down in London, I went to, popped into the Natural History Museum and the whale that they've got in the um, entrance hall gives you an idea of how big a blue whale is. Um, they are huge. Um, and its tongue alone can weigh as much as an elephant. Its eyes can be the size of basketballs. And blue whales could actually fit between 100 people and 150 people in their mouths. Did you know that? Huge, huge. So we'll go with a whale. I know it talks about fish, whale fish probably needs to be quite a big fish. Um, so if we think about the metaphor of this, the first thing you'd have to worry about if you were swallowed by a whale now, Gareth, is their teeth. Um, lots of whales have big teeth, so apparently the most common whale to get in contact with people and accidentally swallow them is a sperm whale. And their teeth are the size of chef's knives. So imagine how many teeth, let me just check my notes, oh, 40 to 50 of these teeth that you're getting through. So that's your first hurdle. So just imagine 40 to 50 of these sperm whale's teeth around you. Uh, the next thing that's going to happen, um, if you're lucky enough to get past the teeth, is you're going to descend down the throat. Now when you descend down into the throat, it's going to be really, really dark. So. This is all I could find in the kitchen. Um, we're going to make it dark for Gareth here. <laughs> and imagine you are in the sea at the same time with the lovely blue fabric. Is that dark in there? Okay, good. You can close your eyes as well if it helps. Okay. So you're descending down the throat. It would be kind of slimy down here. Now, I didn't really think it was appropriate to get the slime out in church, but you can imagine a slime. Um, but also, due to a lack of oxygen, you'd be breathing in some methane gas. Does that smell nice? 
You breathe in. <laughs> He's just smelling the, uh, Gareth, you're just smelling my trainer, by the way. Um, so it wouldn't smell very nice in there. Apparently, I can't get that back on now. I'm going to go back. Um, be slimy, there'd be a lack of oxygen, you'd be breathing in lots of methane gas. And the next thing that happens when you're going through the whale's stomachs, there's four of them, is you'd get hit by lots of other fish. <laughs> so there'd probably be some octopus, some squid, some bioluminescent fish, all coming at you. Um, you get the message. And eventually, you get sick tough onto dry land. Thank you, Gareth. Give him a round of applause. <laughs> so, okay, on a serious note, imagine the feeling. You're stuck in a whale. You're compressed. You're squished. You're struggling to breathe. There's a stinky smell, probably worse than my trainers even. And you'd probably be in there for a while. But in there, you might be feeling the depths of despair unsure of where to turn and you're compressed you're squished and it's dark now I don't know about you but I can definitely think about points in my life where I have felt like I'm stuck in a whale where things around me are dark where I feel really stuck where I feel really compressed in the depths of despair and that's a bit of a terrifying place to be. And today's prayer really speaks to what we can do in that situation. So we're going to look at that um, today. In our lives and our walk with God, it's really not unusual to feel like we're sometimes distant from him. Like in any relationships, there are times of feeling close and there are times of feeling distance. And there are huge amounts of poetic symbolism in the prayer that we've heard today. Um, if you want to explore it further, take a look in the Psalms. There is so many links in the Psalms to Jonah's prayer. And the hearers of this story in the Old Testament would have heard those links immediately. Uh, they were probably much more versed in their biblical literature than we are today. In Psalm 18.6, it says, I called out to the Lord in my distress. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice and my cry to him reached his ears. We're not going to focus on all that, all those links today in this prayer, but do have a look at that throughout the week. Now, on the 2nd of October, Mike and I are going to celebrate our 17th wedding anniversary. Whoop, whoop. And I was thinking back over our marriage, and there are only a couple of times where I can remember us having really, really big arguments. Um, where we've misunderstood, where we've upset each other, and it's created... Mike thinks there might be more, but it's created a distance between us. Like, you know when there's somebody that you're really close to and just things don't go quite the way you hoped. Maybe you've run in the opposite direction like Jonah and there's a distance created between you and it honestly just feels horrible. Can anyone put themselves in that situation where someone you love, someone you've hurt, maybe someone you've run from, maybe someone you've misunderstood each other, and it just feels horrible. And at those times, all I've ever wanted to do is do anything I can to bring that relationship back together. Can you relate to that? And what I've realized over time is that often it's just one conversation away from you being back together. And I think that Jonah's prayer today is helping us with that. It's helping us have that conversation with God when we're distant from him. It can be the same in our relationship with God. He's seemingly so far from God, Jonah, that he can't make his way back. And at the start, 
Jonah's been on this kind of descending journey on this story when we think about him running from God and it talks about him being in the depths of despair it says he goes down to Joppa and then he goes down to the cabin of the ship because he and then he's thrown down into the depths of the ocean it says in this prayer I sank down to the very depths of the ocean to the roots of the mountains now a side note Jerusalem which is where God was it's the temple it's where God was held he that was at the top of the mountain so being at the down, at the root of the mountain, it's almost like saying you're the furthest point from God possible. And if Jonah was at the furthest point from God possible and he was able to pray to him, what does that say to us where we are today? Jonah was down, but he wasn't out. And it says in chapter 1, verse 17, have a look, right at the top, Lord provided a fish and God saved Jonah. Uh, what I really want us to draw out from this this afternoon is what Jonah did in this situation. And what do we do when we're feeling far from God? And I'm going to go through four things. So the first one is to speak honestly to God. Now, I'm going to teach you some sign language as we go. And I don't know if there's any um, amazing people at sign language over here, but hopefully I've got the signs right. My friend's a sign language interpreter, so I texted her and said, can you show me? So speak is this. So if you get your hand and you just speak, that's it. So two fingers, speak. Give it a go. Yes. So we speak honestly with God. That's our first thing. So we speak honestly with God. And Jonah was in the belly of the well. He couldn't fall any further and he chooses to have an honest conversation or honest reflection and he prays. It says in verse 1 to 2, in my distress I called to the Lord. From the depths of the grave I called for help. Whatever you're facing today, whatever struggles you might be looking at in your life, Let's take time to be honest to God and speak to him. That's the first step. All we need to do is turn to him, be honest and speak to him. And I encourage you, just be honest and cry out to him. It says here that God listened and he answered his cry. It's just the same for us today. Now, when I was a teenager, um, I was in year eight at secondary school, I was going down a very wrong path, walking away from God. And I'm sure there's times um, in many of our lives where we may have been in that situation. Um, I got caught up with things that just weren't really of God. I was going out with my friends. Um, I was getting drunk. I wasn't doing the things that I should be doing. I wasn't a happy person at all. And... Um, in that, I was literally running from God. A bit like Jonah today, I was running away from the thing that I knew was really good for me, and I was running to the things that were bad for me. And I found myself, quite shortly afterwards, in the depths, in the sorrow, in the depths of despair. And I had um, an illness called ME. I was really poorly uh, for several years, and I found myself not able to run from God anymore. And um, in that, I cried to God for help. And when I cried to God for help, I found healing, I found restoration, and I found that God was there the whole time, even when I was running from him. And I'm sure we've all got stories like that. We've all got times where we've run from God. It's when we speak honestly. So when we speak honestly to God, that he hears us, he listens, and he responds Perhaps we're all a little bit like Jonah. So firstly, let's speak honestly. Let's cry out to him. Secondly, 
I need to put my microphone uh, down for this. Uh, we need to focus intently on God. So focus. Yeah, focus down the road. So focus intently on God. Despite his surroundings, imagine, you know, we've seen Gareth pretend to be in a whale. Imagine you're in the depths of a whale's belly or you're surrounded by darkness and despair. Instead of focusing on the things surrounding you, focusing intently on God. It says in verse 4, I've been banished from your sight, but I will look again. Jonah chooses to focus on God again, on who he is, on his character. And we need to do this too. When we're finding ourselves far off from God or not feeling like we can communicate in the way we'd hope, let's focus on him. And in a way, that's what we do when we worship. When we worship God, isn't it just amazing to recognize who he is, how he is good, he is kind, he is forgiving, he's loving, he's slow to anger, he's bounding in love, and he's in control and got a plan and a purpose for each of us, and he can save and rescue us. Now, Louis Giglio, who's an American bastard, in his book, Goliath Must Fall, says this about worship. He says, worship is simply a shift of attention. Shifting our attention allows us to see God better. Worship is like corrective lenses for our souls, bringing God clearer into view. And that's important for all of us, especially when life goes off the rails. So worship puts God into focus. So when you don't know what to do, Let's worship him. Let's focus intently on him and speak to him. You see, when we're going, whatever we're going through, whatever mistakes we might have made, however far away we might be feeling from God, God is always calling us home. He's always there, pulling us in, wanting to draw us closer to him. It's in our worship that God comes and meets with us. However far you may have fallen, you can never fall too far for God to reach out and catch you. There's no place anywhere too dark, too deep, where he can't find you. Jonah was at the root of the mountain and God was there with his rescue plan. And in prayer today, in the prayer we're looking at today, we find Jonah shouting out, thanksgiving, worshipping, praising God in the midst of this suffering. He's not ignoring the suffering, but he's choosing to focus intently on God. Thirdly, we trust completely. So trust. Good job. You're going to go away having learned something new. This is fab. So Jonah trusts completely. So as he sat there in the whale, where does he put his trust? Now before... He went into the, found himself in the belly of this fish. All the superficial things in his life um, had been taken away once he went into that fish. Everything that he um, had his trust in, everything he'd hoped for, all his things had just been taken away. He was in the bottom of the ocean, um, at the root of the mountains, in the depths of despair. So everything around him had been taken away. But before that, he'd been trusting his own way. He'd been putting himself and his plans for his life before God's and he ran from what God wanted him to do and he thought he could make his own decisions about that and his have his own plans for his life and he has a kind of rare moment of self-awareness in um in the belly of this fish he says those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them and that 
is a challenge for all of us. We need to trust completely and turn away from any worthless things around us. Now, this word idols um, is sometimes banded around. You might know what it means. It might be a word to you that we don't use in our language much today. But for me, it's about where we put our trust, where we put our attention, our affection. And there are so many things in life that fight for our attention. Um, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Instagram, TikTok... Like that seaweed that was probably uh, wrapping around Jonah's head as he was stuck in this fish. In our cultures today, there are so many things that try and reach out and grab us um, and help try and help us to put our identity and our trust in them. Now, these things aren't all bad things. Um, sometimes we, people put their trust in their salary or their job, or maybe it's the latest gadget they have, or maybe the number of followers they have, or the clothes they wear, or the people they socialize with. They can all be positive things. But if we're not careful, these things can suffocate our relationship with God. When they become the thing that we put our trust in rather than in God, they can suffocate our relationship with God. And they can bring a distance between us. A bit like when we have um, an argument with someone when we get distance from them. Things can get between us and God as well. And our passion for Jesus can fade. And we can find ourselves kind of stuck in our journey with God, a bit like we're stuck in the kind of sinking mud at the bottom of the ocean. We can find ourselves stuck. But like here with Jonah, sometimes it's all we need to do is reach out from the very bottom. When everything else is stripped away, we can focus intently and we can trust completely in God and become dependent on him again. And I know that can be really, really tough particularly when we're making big decisions about our life. So this big decision that Jonah had to make was to not go to Nineveh where he thought potentially he could have his head chopped off and run away. Now, lots of us make decisions all the time and sometimes we'll make really big ones. Um, when we were thinking about moving to Telford, um, we were like, oh God, what do you want us to do? And we kind of put some parameters around what would be a good thing for us to do for curacy. Um, our parameters involved Mike being able to stay in his job and that kind of meant we'd have a radius of about one hour from Reading or Ritmansworth where he was based, near London if, you're, if you don't know the area. Um, it also involved us not being too far away from our family um, it also involved us, potentially, maybe, Caitlin being able to stay in her secondary school for sixth form. Now, none of those things actually worked out. So then when God told us to come to Telford and have a look here, we were like, huh. and everything in me just wanted to run from it and say, no, you know, that doesn't fit within our nice, neat criteria of what we wanted for curacy and what God must want for us, because they're all good things. But you know what? He, he had a plan. He made a way and he made it work. And the psalm that really helps, helps me concentrate on that is Psalm 139. Probably lots of you know it. If you don't know it, it's a great psalm to learn off by heart and get to know. Um, it says in the Psalm 139, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. And God wants us just to trust him completely, to trust him with everything. So if you're struggling today, if you're struggling with decisions or feeling like you just want to run away from things, God is saying, listen to me, I've got you. Um, and the Psalms are a really great companion to help you with that. 
So when we feel far away from God, we need to speak honestly, focus intently, and trust, trust completely. And fourthly, we need to remember, remember this. You'll do that? We need to remember. Jonah takes time in the midst of his difficult circumstances to remember what God has done for him. It's in verses six and seven, it says, you brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord. However far you might be feeling from God today, there is hope. Jonah's story here is a bit like all of our stories. Not so much in the specific circumstances of being swallowed by a giant fish um, or finding ourselves running away from an enemy city. But at one time, we've all been separated. We've all been distant from God, haven't we? And we've all needed God's grace like Jonah. Unable to save ourselves, seemingly with no hope of rescue or a second chance. But like in this story, God provided a rescue plan. God provided a plan, not in the form of a fish, but in the form of a man. God sent Jesus Christ to rescue us. And Paul says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. And on the cross, as Jesus died, darkness fell and he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus himself experienced what it meant to be far away, to be distant from God. And he did that so that we don't have to. He was separated from his father in heaven so that we might come close to our father in heaven. And that is the good news. That is the message of our gospel. It's the message of hope that we have. So whatever we're feeling, whatever we're experiencing, we have this to remember and to hold on to. However hard life might seem, however far away we might have turned from God's ways, he runs to us. He runs, much faster than those zombies do on that app. <laughs> Close to us because of what Jesus has done. So we remember. Um, music team, do you want to come up? So those four things, what do we do when we find ourselves far from God? What do we do? We speak honestly. We focus intently. We trust completely and we remember. No matter how far we run from him, we're always just a prayer away. Thanks for listening. We hope this time has blessed you. Hit the subscribe button to hear more like this. And to find out more about Telford Minster, follow us at Telford Minster on Instagram and Facebook or go to telfordminster.org.uk.